Stephen Jill here. Hello. Welcome to the Land Academy Show, entertaining land investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from the Valley of the Sun. Today, Jill and I talk about how money works in your land business and really just how money works at all. <sighs> Did you write this for me? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I got to ask. Okay, let's, let, let me back up here. One of us is an accountant and one of us isn't. You guess. Who do you think it is? Yeah, who do you like more, Jill or me? The other one's the accountant. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's why I thought you wrote this for me. I thought this was your subtle way of, babe, we got to talk. No. And your money habits suck. Because I wrote down... That is the exact opposite. I have to say, I have like, in, in my lifetime, I have changed dramatically on how I look at, view manage and budget and i'm very proud of that i have never had a life partner or a business partner who manages money better than you thank you really seriously yeah. that's, that's an absolute i would never I didn't know in that. a twisted way uh, write a topic that you we need to talk about and then just talk to the whole world about it and then have you try to you know Oh, I'm Teach sure. you a lesson. Are you sure we haven't done I think we've done that before. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure if we go back over the over the decade, over the not decade, but the years of podcasts, there's probably a few hidden uh, hidden messages in there. So uh, anyway, I, I'm excited because I wrote down the three things that I think oh, good. Uh, you need to how you manage your money in your own personal land business. So I'm excited to hear what you think, and then, and then I know you're going to set us all straight. Well, I'm going to give you my opinion. I, I know. <laughs> and then you and everyone listening to this, the six or seven other people that are listening to this, cannot decide whether or not I'm full of it or well, not. Well, no, I know you're right, but I'm just <laughs> I want to see how close I am. But you know what? It is? I like to. I think I'm going to be not far off, but this is my perception. But I'm not going to use the right terms, obviously. Because I'm not an accountant and I don't care about the right terms. We're going to start off with your stuff right after this. Okay, cool. Before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our land uh, members on the landinvestors.com online community. It's free. And I hope you know by now we have full-blown operational commercial printing company called Offers the Number Two Owners.com. Jill and I set this up a bunch of years ago out of pure blind frustration with sending our own mail campaigns out and using commercial uh, printing companies that don't understand our business. Correct. So we decided a few years ago to make it available to everybody. So yep. go to offers, the number two owners.com, um, you know, and see if uh, if you're sending out mail, see, see how it fits in the world. I'll tell you, last month we did almost 900,000 uh, offers. Cool. All right, Mike F. wrote, this is from the other member who is communicating with the broker. Broker. This is a. This is part of an ongoing a conversation. A written communication. Okay. From a broker to a, a land academy member about doing a, a real estate deal. Okay, so this is what the broker wrote. Yes. Okay, the broker said, "I understand your guy not needing a buyer's broker. No problem. Tell him to go do all the work, <laughs> or maybe that's what they have you for." Do not ask me to do the work as I've been doing. What? Exactly. It gets better. Oh, I've had people like this. Sure. Oh, I, I've had residential agents that are this bad. Oh, I've totally been here. This is, this is, this, oh, could you, okay. <laughs> I knew this was going to get under I'm going to vent a second, <laughs> then I'm going to get back to this, this comment here. 
how is this person going to have any business? Can you imagine? So you hire this guy and this is your response. So they're saying, let me go on here. Or maybe that's what they have you for. Do not ask me to do the work as I've been doing. Do not call me to go look at lots for you and get a good deal. I get and I get nothing. Do not expect me to work for nothing. I'm helping you as a buyer's broker. Yes, I do need to be compensated for that. I'm a busy broker and do not have the time to run around for people so they can make all the money. That's uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm here. I'm here to make all the money. You're here as a broker to serve me. If you're smart, go do what I do. Become a Land Academy member. So, but don't tell me that so you can work for me so I can make all the money. This you person, signed up for that. This person must be from California. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's not from California. We're going to stop on the California bashing soon, I hope, right? Maybe, right? I, I Yeah, go All ahead. Right. As a broker yourself, I am confident you would not work for free. Neither do I. Would you do all the work I have done for a client without a buyer agency agreement? I expect to be treated as I would want to treat others. If you get to list, then let me know. The firm price is 10% for a listing. We split that with the buyer's firm. Sheesh. So uh, Jill and I have had multiple experiences like that, and it certainly isn't the last one. Um, but, but here's my opinion, and then I would love to hear Jill's. I look at real estate agents, uh, not necessarily land agents, but most real estate agents, especially uh, house agents, as like one or two notches above a used car salesman. And so that's where the disconnect I've recently found out. The disconnect between me as a uh, almost always unhappy customer and a real estate agent is that most of them are, are walking around this planet patting themselves on the back saying, I made it. I'm a real estate agent. I provide this invaluable business to people like Jack and he just doesn't appreciate it. Okay. Is it my turn? <laughs> yes, I'm done. Let me undo this mess now. <laughs> You can tell I'm the yin to his yang. There's a reason why I talk on the phone with these people. So, okay. So number one, in this agent's defense, if this, this person could have overused them and I don't do that, I don't call a broker and expect them. I mean, just to be sure, just to, you know, devil's advocate, whatever it is, you can't call brokers and boss them around and have them go look at 10 and then never listen to anything. That's actually not cool. I very sparingly use them when I get going because I know what I'm doing and I have a good feel for this property and I'm calling this, I'm usually calling this broker to A, you know, um, get a last pair of eyes on it because I've, I've got some concerns and then B, I really am using them. I really would use them if it works out and I'm calling a couple of them, not just this one. I'm calling two or three and say, hey, I'm about to close on this property. I've I've got everything checked. I'm I have some slope concerns or I've got some access concerns. I've got whatever concerns and I'm looking for somebody to help me list the property. Is this something that you that you know and I I'd love for you to take a look at if you're interested. Number 1, please take a look at it. Number 2, and then B, what would you sell it for? You know, what give me an idea what the price is. And you know, when can you do that? And then hopefully two of the three are go like one will go out this weekend and one will say I can I'm actually going to be out there tomorrow. Give me 24 hours. Great. And then they call you back. You have a little talk. And hopefully you pick one if everything checks out and it goes great. So what if it doesn't check out? That's fine. You, you're a good person and you create a good relationship with them. So and then and, and but you don't send them 
your whole, you know, all 10 signed offers you got back. Don't do that and expect them. Now on the flip side, so that's, there, there are some people, like you say, I am defending you too, that are just jerks because that's what I just described to you is how I go at it and my attitude. And there are people that come back, come back to me like this broker. And I've had it happen recently in the state that I'm sitting in, in the building I'm sitting in. <laughs> <laughs> Truth time. We, we went, we, we found an asset um, and we usually do our own deals, right? So I'm dealing with the seller's broker and the seller's broker said, go get your own forms, Jill, have a nice day. Good luck. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Why would you do that? The whole point is silly. You're going to double end this deal. So you're yeah. going to get both the commission. You know, I could go get a broker well, and she, now you're going to get half. She played us for a fool. I know. So, and we, and, and, you know, which is 90% of my experience with real estate agents. So yeah, there, there are people out there that are, let's you know what this guy is, no matter how we got to this point, we're not on the same page. Everybody needs to walk away kind of yeah. thing. And he could have been a jerk going into it. Who knows? You know, and maybe he's jealous. Honestly, you know, maybe he's jealous because he's not an investor and he can't figure out how to make that transition. And I feel bad for him because I'm here to tell you, we have many successful mm. real estate agents here in Land Academy that do both because exactly. they get it. Because they get it. They get it and they're smart. And I think that now as Land Academy members, they're better agents if they even choose to do that at all. That's correct. Because I know a lot of them too, by the way, that came to us as, as already successful agents, right? But they're like, I'm tired of making money for somebody else. I yep. want to make money for me. And then they transition to go, no, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't even want to do deals for other people because the time it takes me to close this guy's deal and get 10%, I'd rather do it for myself and make 100%. I know this is true because that's me. Yeah. I was a commercial, a very disgruntled commercial real estate broker. There you go. Back in the early 90s and uh, very frustrated representing other people. I just wanted to do it myself. Yeah. And so, yeah, we have real estate agents that are involved in Land Academy are end up being great investors because mm -hmm. you know as long as they've sought that out, sought it out themselves um you know I've, I've tried to explain this business i stopped trying a long oh, time yeah. ago to a regular real estate agent and they're like huh they, they don't i might i might as well be asking them to become you know a manufacturing expert right it's that foreign to them it's it's yeah it's a small it's a small group of people but boy do they get it and then when they get it they got it yeah. you know what how lucky for us because and you get and you know who you are and I'm talking about right now. I know I know several of you on a first name basis that we chat and we're in career path and things like that with yeah, us. Perfect example. And you all it's great because you guys bring some interesting, unique uh, things to the table. And you know what? You answer questions for all of us too. Cause sometimes for all of us, we're like, how do I get this agent to do what I want? And you go and you guys nicely save us and go, here's how you work with these guys and over it's here. Not, but Okay. Well, it's nothing new. But yeah. Look, I've been ranting about real estate agents for almost eight years on this show and yeah. pretty much in my personal life. Everywhere I can rant about it, I do. Yeah. Not one time as one of them said, you know, that's a little unfair, Jack. I know. You're, it's it's a little unfair. You're unfair to real estate agents. They work hard. Never. No. As another uh, real estate agent set, stood in front of me and said, uh -huh. I'm, on behalf of all real estate agents, I think you're out of line. Yeah. Not a single time. Why? Because I'm right. Yeah. Today's topic, how money works in your land business. This is why you're listening. 
This is interesting that I could have kept on going on that. I know. Because I, I have some I buddies. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Because we're 12 minutes in. No, I like, I make friends with my agents. Then it turns out we're talking about classic cars and kids and parties. Like we have a good time and they love me. I don't, I don't overuse them. So, and I make sure they're paid well. Okay. Anyway, back to the show. Yeah. Um, you know what? To, to cap that. I, if you find the right real estate agent, we always pay 10%. Yeah. Always. I don't argue. I don't ever negotiate a no. real estate uh, fee. Uh-uh. I, I don't believe that that's okay. Mm-mm. If you, if we, uh, we like each other and everybody passes each other's tests, I'm all about 10%, even on a, um, a not for houses, but for all land deals, because mm-hmm. there's other stuff involved. Mm-hmm. No, I, my guys, I'm happy to pay them that. They, they earn it. So it's good. And you know who you are. Anyway, so do you want me to rattle off my things? Yeah, okay. yeah, what's your three? Okay, so you, this is, what is it, how money works in your land business. Okay, so here's how I divide it. I divide it up into three different areas. Um, I, I feel like I have operating costs is one whole section of money in my business. And taxes, by the way, I rolled into those operating costs. All these things I got to, everything I need to do to keep the lights on, employees happy, things just, just humming, just... Um, moving at a at this level. My number two thing, I have growth plan costs. I always want to, you this know. This is fascinating. Okay, good. Why is this bad? Uh, this is not I get, how like I, I told you. I don't think about money you, this way. I told you, here we go. The accountant's going to come along and say, that's great, Jill, and pat yeah. me on the head. Get to, go, know, that's not, get to know your spouse. That's not at all what it goes on in your business, but you just keep thinking that. <laughs> Taxes. She starts with taxes. What's this part of it? I'm like, yeah. Well, because it's a hot topic. Everybody gets excited about taxes. I'm like, you need to bake that into your operating costs. Okay, just let me finish my thing. How money works in, in my, in my, Southern California Disneyland head. (laughs) This is how. This is how Disneyland. This is how Disneyland functions. Listen to this. So yeah, we have our regular operating costs. Well, I can relate it to Disneyland. And just like Disneyland, we have our we have our growth planning costs. You know, Star the whole Star Tours and the whole Star whatever area that the area they just opened and released, you know, you had to plan for that kind of thing. It didn't in Disneyland. We had to budget some money to build the new to build a new area. And then the third area in my land business in my Disneyland head is profit. Yay! And I like to say, oh, I know, it's going to undo this all. (laughs) Jill, this is a crack up. I'm learning a lot about you today. (laughs) Maybe uh, you should deal with the real estate agents and I'll do do the money. And then my only comment is about the profit, yay, that you get to someday reward yourself with. Please put it away. Sock it away. Or sock a lot of it away. So now, please, I'm going to sit back here. I'm going to take a drink of water and I'm going to let you undo and fix this. Good. We're all joking around today and we are all uh, laughing and ranting and uh, we listen to Jill's little spiel. But the fact is money is very serious and I have a ton of respect for it. And so I treat it that way. And I think everybody I know where I've ever met uh, personally or professionally who's not in the business of money, like they're not an accountant, they're not in finance or they're not... um, people who operate, let's say, a holding company or they own companies, you know, people who are not in that, like they're a doctor or a lawyer or uh, any type of W-2 position that you have or Disneyland here. If you're not in the business of money, you haven't, I don't think, probably been technically trained or you don't have a knack for it. 
And so you manage money by cash flow. The easiest and simple exa- uh, simplest example is I get a paycheck. Maybe I get two pay- paychecks a, mo- uh, a month. They total five or six or eight or $10,000. Um, I pay my bills usually with the first paycheck. I get my second paycheck. I spend a bunch of money. It goes close to zero at the end of the month. And then the month rolls over into the next month and I get another paycheck. And the whole thing starts over and over again. I call that managing cash flow. And that's it. It all stops right there. And I see people doing that and they manage their uh, their businesses that way. They're in Atlanta Academy uh, businesses. And so and they wonder, well, what this doesn't work. So that's not how the, you have to sit down uh, and really sit down in front of a spreadsheet, put money into a separate bank account. Let's say fifty thousand dollars. You're going to spend money on education, uh, whether it's here or elsewhere. You're going to spend money on getting mail out and you're going to watch that money go down that 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 money. And the further it goes down, you need to start with a budget. So you're going to put fifty thousand dollars, let's say, into this thing. You're going to consciously target property that makes thirty to forty thousand dollars or some number, ten thousand dollars of profit. And so you're going to, you want to manage and micromanage it in a spreadsheet with dates. I spent this much on mail. Now I've got forty thousand uh, dollars left. There's uh, a bunch of mail going out. I've got these five deals. I can afford to do this deal, this deal, and this deal. I need deal funding for the next deal, uh, and so now I've got two or three deals done. And my the next month or the next two months, that fifty thousand dollars went down to forty, and then went back up to seventy, and then it went down to fifty, and then it goes back up to ninety. Here's the kicker. Number one, you need to be conscious about this. You do, if, otherwise, it's you're going to let it happen to you, and then you're going to wonder where all your money went. The probably 98% of the people I know do, do it the way that I described in the beginning, both professionally and personally. What you want to do is have a budget like I just described and implement the budget to, to, to the letter. And then once you've done that, you want to do it faster. You hear people talk about the velocity of money. That there's finite components and 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 there's fixed components to this and variable components. The fixed component is dollars. You have fifty thousand dollars to work with. You can turn that fifty thousand dollars in three weeks or three months or three years into a hundred thousand. That's up to you. How fast are you answering the phone? How fast are you sending mail out? How fast are you getting the employees that you need or hiring people in the Philippines to do the stuff that you don't want to do? That's the velocity of money. You're putting that money to work. Wow, she's bored. Was that three? Was that all of it? There's no three in this. You assigned three. So I'm not sure what Jill was talking about, taxes and stuff and operating costs. Well, I, (laughs) again, you have your way of reading the topic and I have mine. That's how I took it. And I, like I said, you're going to undo it and fix it. So thank you. I appreciate that. I'll say this again. I have never had the pleasure of having a business partner or a life partner be more conscious about where dollars are spent than Jill, and I mean that. At least you can trust me. I may not know the big picture and where it all goes, but at least I'm good about it. Thank you very much. (laughs) Happy to join us today, five days a week. You can find us here on the Land Academy Show. Tomorrow the episode on the Land Academy Show is, well, I actually interview Dan and Emily uh, Vanderben, you know, as Land Academy Academy members. members. And I, it was, I, I, I was shocked because he brought, it's a a husband and wife team like Jill and I, and he, I didn't know Emily was going to even be on. That's so so cool. So she just sat down right uh, after the, all the cameras were running and 
really kind of told us why um, her husband failed at a bunch of stuff. And how she saved <laughs> yes, it. Yes, that was the whole show. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, he nodded his head a lot and said, yep, that's yeah, what happened. Yep. Yeah, she yep, fixed that. Yep, yep. She took the phone away from me. All of that. Yeah, I got and it. Was it. Really, Very uh, familiar with this was, whole uh, thing. Yeah, I stood there with, or sat there with my jaw on the desk going, yeah. yep, that was, that's pretty much my story too. That's good. <laughs> you were not alone in your real estate ambition. I have one little thing to say, by the way. Um, it is Tuesday now, and coming up very soon, we are reopening enrollment with a bang. Check your email, watch our site, watch on social media, get on our ebook email list, and then you'll be notified because it's going to be good and special. I know a lot of people have been wanting to join Land Academy, and we had to say, sorry, it's closed right now. But we're about to reopen and it's going to be awesome. We, we are Jack, Jack and Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property.